Hi folks, be sure to visit my website at dr-history.com for a short personal video message, to listen to the latest stories, and to leave a comment. Well, we've always tried to befriend the homeless, and this man was walking down Highway 30, and we thought, hey, uh, you need a bottle of water? And here he is. Good morning, Dr. History. Good morning, Zeb. And it's cold out there, too. Is it? Oh, it's cold. I thought it was warming up out there. Well, I guess everything's relative. You know, when you and I, we, we are a little long in the tooth and gray of the hair, colder temperatures seem to make us more aware of our yes. our age. I'm glad I'm not milking cows anymore. Oh, <clears throat> don't go there. So today. What are we going to talk? Have you still got company? I don't. Uh, oh. Our relatives from Louisville, Kentucky went home. Louisville? And, yeah. They had a great visit with them. And, oh, my goodness. You know, I, I mentioned that. They've helped me get on my bucket list to go to the Kentucky Derby. So really? uh, I'm going to try to hook up with them sometime and see if I can't go to the Kentucky Derby. I would oh, love you'd to go love see it. That. And your wife would have to buy one of those big yeah, those flimsy big hats. hats and yeah. all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well, you know, we'll yeah. see what happens. Make sure she wears it instead Not of you. Me. Yeah. <laughs> I might, might get a few stares, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah, okay. <laughs> all right, so we're going to go to how about a good old stagecoach robbery story? Guy. We haven't that? had a good old shoot yeah. em up bang bang story for well, a long one, time. This one's pretty good. Okay. okay. So here we go. Picture this the daily stagecoach from Elizabethtown raised, raced up the main street of Cimarron, New Mexico on October 9th, 1871, with the driver, a guy named Wade Atkins, shouting at the top of his lungs, Hold up, over by Clear Creek, he yelled. He says, They got the express box and $500. Holy cow. Now, uh, have you ever been to Cimarron, Zeb? It's a. Let me just explain where it's I've at. I've been people. through there, okay. that area. So it's just south of the Colorado border, right. kind of in the middle of the state. And Elizabethtown uh, is there is west of there. I don't know, thirty forty miles. Yeah. So that's where the stagecoach yeah. was going back and forth. Okay. Uh, between those two places okay. when it got robbed, right. but just a small town. And actually, for our Boy Scout friends, it's actually right near a place called the Philmont Scout Ranch. Really? Which is uh, that's where a lot of the Boy Scout leaders go for training. Well, anyway. aren't you a wealth of information? I am. Thought you'd want to know that. I am. Inquiring minds. Yes. So, back to the stagecoach. Okay. Okay. A crowd quickly gathered to hear the details as the shaken passengers unloaded, and they said it was Coal Oil Jimmy and his pal. Where did they get these names? Well, I'll get to that. Oh, okay. All right. So, the, the stage uh, driver said he went to the town marshal who had arrived at the scene, and stepping around the coach. Uh, Adkins offered a helping hand to one of the lady passengers, and the lady passenger was not real happy. She said, why doesn't someone go after those men? She said, everyone seems to know who they are and what's going on. How come you guys aren't after, after this guy? Well, indeed, everyone in Cimarron did seem to know Coal Oil Jimmy. Coal Oil Jimmy. And I'll Jimmy. get to that. Okay. And they all seem to know that his real name was James Buckley. Okay. Okay. But had been just about two months earlier to the day that Buckley showed up in town with his partner, a guy by the name of Tom Taylor. And some said it was Buckley's uh, dark complexion, head of black hair that gave him this nickname of Coal Oil Jimmy. And others said, well, he looked like he'd been dipped in a bucket of coal oil. 
Hmm. So that, thus the name Coal Oil Jimmy. Okay. So here he is, uh, and this is before the stage robbery. For the first two weeks, the, these two guys stayed pretty much to themselves over at Calhoun's Saloon. Calhoun's, Calhoun's Saloon. Saloon. Yes. Then the money gave out, or so it seemed. And so when Jimmy turned up one morning at the Cimarron office of the Maxwell Land Grant and Railway Company looking for work, uh-huh. the Land Grant Company operated the coach line between Elizabethtown and Cimarron. I see. And yes, they could use a handyman, but and one of Buckley's jobs would be to see that the teams were changed, watered, properly attended to for the incoming coaches. I see. Good. Make sure they're all ready sure. to go. Okay. Absolutely. So, so old uh, Beckley went right to work. Things seemed to go pretty good at first. Then, toward the end of the first week, uh, coal oil took to slipping out for a quick one over at Calhoun's Saloon. That was kind of neat the way you said that, coal oil slipping out. I like that. That was good. <laughs> I that was really that. good. I would like to say I thought yeah. of that beforehand. <laughs> so the afternoon, you know, it was a little quiet, so he'd slip over to the to the saloon. Yeah. For, you know, but uh, the little indiscretions kind of went unnoticed for a time, but... But pretty soon the breaks grew a little longer and a little more frequent, and it became obvious that uh, Jimmy was neglecting his work. Oh, that's terrible. Well, when one of the drivers complained that coal oil had hitched the wrong team back up to the coach, it was all over. So you mean he was coming back from Calhoun's saloon? And hitched up the wrong team to the the stagecoach. So anyway, the station agent who had arrived on the scene at about that time sided with the driver, and he said, told Coyle, you're you're done. You're You're, toast. And he was drunk at the time anyway. Oh, my. So a very lubricated guy. Some things never change. Yeah. So back to Calhoun's bar. Why not, right? (laughs) I mean, he doesn't have a job now. So coal oil stomped there to nurse his thirst and his ego. And here's what he said to everybody. I'll get even with them, he announced in, uh, after downing his third or fourth shot. And he said, if Maxwell Land Grant Company don't want me working for them, then I'll work against them. It's going to cost them fellas before I'm done. Uh-oh. And so it would. This is dangerous. Yeah. All right. So here we go. Three horses were missing the following week at a ranch on a place called Ute Creek, some few miles away. Well, speculation ran high that Jimmy and his pal, uh, Tom Taylor, uh, had checked out the Cimarron, uh, who had checked out of the Cimarron Hotel that uh, same morning might be involved in stealing these horses. Well, suspicious were, suspicions were confirmed the following day when a guy by the name of Antonio Garcia, who was a local sheep herder, brought the dead body of his partner named Manuel Martinez into town. And here's what happened. It's kind of a sad deal here. Mm-hmm. Okay, these two guys were tending their flock of sheep, and Garcia told the story. He said, when two men who matched the description of coal oil Jimmy and Taylor rode up and wanted a sheep to butcher for their su- supper. They just wanted them to. Sh- they just wanted to shoot one of the sheep so they could have something to eat. You got to be real careful when you say that. So I, I hope know. you articulate all I the way through that when you well. talk about shooting sheep. Yes, and they said, "No way, we're not. You're not, you're not going to shoot one of our sheep. <laughs> you're going to do it." I'm getting through it. <laughs> well, the herders told them they didn't own the sheep, but were simply tending them for the man who did. Well. Old Buckley, he drew his gun, and he fired at them point blank. Really? Just pulled out his gun and shot him. Well, Taylor yelled at him to stop, and he grabbed Jimmy's arm, but then it was too late. Martinez lay on the ground, mortally wounded. Garcia was terrified, and, of course, he surrendered the sheep to the two men who then took, uh, they took off but they after they'd shot one of the sheep. Well, 
that same day, a posse rode out in search of the killers, and only to return at nightfall empty-handed. They couldn't find him. Well, the skin and carcass of a sheep, they reported, and the ashes of a dead campfire nearby were all that marked the scene of the crime. So they were after the shot sheep shooters. Yes, sharp shooters. <laughs> but the trail was impossible to follow uh, after they got out of way. So, okay. Now. Talk about the killing was still making the rounds several days later on October 9th. Now, this is when Wade Atkins pulled up his exhausted team in front of the Cimarron station. That with the news the coal oil Jimmy had struck again, and true to his words, Jimmy was making the company pay. Oh, my. So he and his partner had lain in wait at the spot in the road where Clear Creek emptied its waters into the Cimarron River. So he knew the route. The, Jimmy did. Yeah, yeah, because he'd been working for him. Yeah. Well, when the coach uh, uh, creaked to, uh, slowly to a stop, the driver stepped down, the pair, pair was ready. There had been no attempt by the men to hide their faces, uh, so Adkins reported there was no mistake, and it was Cole Oil Jimmy and his partner, Tom Taylor. So, How far out of town was this? Well, I, I couldn't find it on the map, So, but uh, Elizabethtown and Cimarron are, I'm going to guess, about 20 miles apart. 20 miles apart. So just... I'm, I don't know, four yeah. or five miles out okay. of town. I don't okay. know. But uh, much to the satisfaction of the frightened passengers and the townspeople, uh, the governor and the Maxwell Land Grant Company offered rewards totaling $1,200 for the outlaws captured dead or alive. Ooh, wow. Dead or alive. Yeah. So uh, such words kind of stirred the imagination of men to whom $1,200 was really about three years' pay and be more money than they'd ever dreamed of. But where to begin? Well, the sheriff's posse had just returned empty-handed. Again, they went out again. And after all, no one really expected to see coal oil around Cimarron for a while. They figured he'd just take off. Well, <clears throat> excuse me, he uh, figured he'd lied out for distant parts, and the old-timer said, or at least lay low for a while. But they, uh, that's just what coal oil hoped they would be saying. Mm-hmm. Because on the 19th of October, 10 days later, Okay, he struck again. Oh, not again. This time, you know, some of these outlaws had a, had a method, you know. Yeah. I guess he figured strike while it's hot or something. I don't know. So this time, it was the westbound coach out of Cimarron heading to Elizabethtown. Okay. The driver, a guy by the name of Charlie Bryant, hauled the team up short to avoid some boulders, which had apparently fallen across the road. Apparently. Apparently. Now, barely had he stopped or started down from his seat to hear to clear the obstruction than a cold voice barked from the ground, quote, throw out the express box and no funny stuff and nobody gets hurt. Oh, my. Well, obviously, it was coal oil Jimmy talking from the butt end of a shotgun pointed squarely at the driver, which would be a pretty persuasive Absolutely. thing, you know. So a quick glance showed that the outlaw's partner covered the coach from the other side of the road. And recalling that since the last holdup, cash shipments had been halted, Bryant breathed a little easier to know that the express box would be empty. So he kicked the heavy chest to the ground, after which coal oil waved him on his way. So here he's got the box. Stagecoach takes off. Have you heard about the 2018 study that showed half of prenatal vitamins tested had unacceptable levels of heavy metals? No? Well, now you have. I'm Kat, mother of three and founder of Ritual the company making traceability the new standard in the supplement industry. I remember staring at my prenatal vitamins and finding all these things I was trying to avoid. High amounts of heavy metals, synthetic colorants, and unnecessary ingredients. So, at four months pregnant, I quit my job and started Ritual. 
because I believe that all women deserve to know what they're putting in their bodies and why. I'm so proud of our prenatal vitamin. The ingredients are 100% traceable, it's third-party tested for microbes and heavy metals, and recently received the Purity Award from the Clean Label Project. You see, we trace like a mother because, let's be honest, no one cares quite like a mother. But don't just take my word for it. Trace for yourself with 25% off at ritual.com slash prenatal. Well, the outlaws, their troubles netted them nothing more than just an empty uh, cash box. Really? Nothing? nothing. I'll be darned. So, of course, the stage line uh, and the passengers, they were happy about this whole situation because they didn't get robbed either. Yeah. So it was uh, okay. But perhaps the most grateful of all was a traveler from Chihuahua, Mexico, who was carrying $1,500 in banknotes and drafts on his person. Oh, my. So they didn't even search him. He could have been poverty-stricken. Yeah. Yeah. Well, unlike the previous times, luck was with the sheriff's posse that pursued Buckley and Taylor that day. By nightfall, the lawman had surrounded the cabin of a guy by the name of Jack Booth. Mm. Okay, and he was serving up dinner to the two wanted men, thinking that they were just weary travelers. He didn't know that they oh, were Oh, he outlaws. didn't know they were no, bad guys. No, he was just out there living in his cabin. These guys knocked on the door. And oh. They were hungry. He said, oh, sure. I mean, that's what they did. You yeah. know, if somebody came yeah. along, you know, you fed them. Well... With the meal completed, the unsuspecting pair emerged from the house to be on their way once more when a volley of small arms fire started splintering the walls around them. Now, this is where a mistake was made, okay? okay? Had it not been for those first hasty and poorly aimed shots from one of the posse men, the capture might have uh, been made then and there. But now the, the outlaws scrambled back into the house for cover. Seconds later, they reappeared holding their host, Mr. Jack Booth, oh. in front of them as a living shield. Oh, no. So here he is, Jack Booth. You know, just a good old pioneer guy. Well, the posse held his fire, and so uh, the uh, long-suffering hunters were forced to watch their the, these guys escape once more. And so they took off with, with Jack. And dis- Did they take the hostage with them? Yeah. Oh. Yeah, they took the, him with them. So they disappeared, uh, and so the posse, they were disappointed and dejected. They mounted their horses and headed back to Cimarron. They, and I don't know why they didn't follow, try to follow these guys. Well, that's the first question that came to my mind. Yeah. And so I, I think it was getting dark, maybe, and oh. they decided you know, they wouldn't be able to follow them very long. Oh. So anyway, so... Uh, long hours and some 20 miles distance in the opposite direction, according to Jack Booth. Okay, he's the hostage. Uh, t- according to his testimony, the outlaws pulled up the horses for a rest. And then uh, Taylor said, well, what, are you gonna, what are we going to do with him? Uh, referring to Jack. And Cola said, well, we're just going to shoot him. Holy, this was a cold guy. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and just matter of fact, you know, well, we're just going to shoot him. And then he won't be any trouble. He's not going to tell anybody. Well... Two days later, uh, Booth actually reported to the authorities in Cimarron that he'd kept his mouth shut and prayed while Taylor talked quickly to persuade coal oil to wait at least until the following morning if he was intending on killing Booth. Wow. Okay. Then Booth continued. This is what he said. When it was Taylor's watch and coal oil fell asleep, Taylor let me loose. No kidding. Yeah, he let him loose. Hmm. I mean, what a, a nice guy. You know, he didn't want to kill anybody. So, Why didn't he leave when he got in trouble the first time? I don't know. 
No, I don't know. Not very bright. Yeah. Well, anyway, so the news spread through town that Booth was safe, and a clamor arose for pursuit to the to be resumed. Well, uh, indeed, the lawmen were as anxious as anyone to see Coal Oil Jimmy and Tom Taylor behind bars, but it remained for two cowboys named McCurdy and Stewart to collect the reward. Oh. Okay, so these two guys, cowboys, McCurdy and Stewart, enter the scene. Now, uh, it had been they had been acquainted with the wanted pair earlier in Cimarron and had even downed a few uh, glasses with them in Calhoun's saloon. And learning of the outlaw's hiding place, McCurdy and Stewart, and I don't know how they found out where they were hiding, but they did somehow. So McCurdy and Stewart let them know, they hooked up with them, that they'd like to team up with them. Well, coal oil was the talk of the whole territory. They explained, and they didn't care to punch cows all their lives when there was uh, that kind of easy money So that coal oil was getting by just robbing stagecoaches. I mean, that was an easy life, right? Mm-hmm. You only had to work one or two days a month. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. Well, he Great was. Great benefits, pension plan. <laughs> That's right. Yeah, 401k. Sometimes a nice room uh, yeah. with bars on it. Well, anyway, they were flattered, uh, Cola was, uh, and Buckley accepted and proclaimed that henceforth they'd be known as Coal Oil Jimmy's Gang. So the first job would be to get fresh horses by raiding a place called Collier Station, about six miles from Fort Union. And uh, Coal Oil again, he said, they'll be sorry they ever treated me like they did. So here we go. It's October, Halloween night, when the four men camped in the mountains near this Collier Station in supposed preparation for a pre-dawn visit. Mm -hmm. A fire was started, and Buckley laid down near it for a rest. Taylor stood chatting across the blaze to Stuart McCurdy. Well, here's where it gets interesting, Zeb. McCurdy moved stealthily around the fire for the showdown that only he and Stuart knew was coming. Oh. Taylor had just lifted a tin cup of coffee to his lips when McCurdy's six-gun exploded, blasting a hole in the back of Taylor's head. Uh-oh. He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. Taylor's dead. He's gone. He was actually the better of the two. Yeah, and he was. Yeah, yeah. I feel bad that he got shot. Okay. Uh, so does he. <laughs> he does, yes. So even before the cu- uh, cup could hit the ground, he was dead. Well, Stewart had pulled his own gun from his holster and uh, went over to where sleeping coal oil Jimmy was and just uh, stood there and pumped several loads into the man's midsection. Oh, my. It was over in an instant, and when the sounds of the shooting were done, two wanted men were dead. That's it. Yes. Coal oil Jimmy. And Taylor. No more Calhoun's saloon. No. And there in the mountains where they'd fallen, they lay uh, positions in which they had died on the following day in front of the Cimarron railway or jailhouse residents of the town would view these remains and breathe a kind of sigh of relief since Stuart McCurdy could collect the reward from a grateful coach line and relieve the governor now here's what it said in the Cimarron news and press in the newspaper said quote road agents Tom Taylor and coal oil Jimmy have come to grief and for the future, we'll let the mail coaches pass along the highway unmolested. Absolutely. You, have you got a picture of that guy uh, I on that? Don't coal uh, oil, Jimmy. Oh, okay. D- well, no, I. No, I guess nothing. you don't. All right. I was just the governor. The governor. I don't want to see the governor. Yeah. Anyway, uh, you know, there's a lot of stories about 
people like Coal Oil Jimmy that became disgruntled, and then all of a sudden they went the wrong way. And didn't they realize there was going to be no future in what they were doing? Well, it really bothers me. You know, take that guy I, Taylor. He wasn't a bad guy. No, he just kind of got hooked in, and I probably yeah. got talked into it, and yeah. decided, okay, well, you know, well, I'll do it once, maybe. I still can't understand why somebody wouldn't sit there and say, "Hey, you shot this guy. I'm out of here. I'm leaving." Yeah. Yeah. Well, obviously, coal oil was a cold-blooded killer. I well, mean, he yeah. killed the sheep herder, with, who probably was not armed, probably didn't have a gun. Uh, you know, and then he wanted to kill the Jack Booth, the, the hostage. Just no big deal. So i got to believe that coal oil had a life before this of probably some pretty bad things. In your research, when you do stories like this about the Old West and some of the, the sadists and some of the guys that just didn't have very much respect for life, what are you finding about these people? I mean, are they all kind of mentally deranged uh, somewhat, or are they just well, no respect for life? What's the deal here? You know, I, I think it ranges a, a big range. I think sometimes they, they are down and out. Look at John Wesley Harden. Yeah. A lot of people thought he was absolutely schizo. Yeah. Uh, and then he went on to become a minister for a while. And, uh, and then look, he went back to his old ways again. And look at Butch Cassidy. Yeah. I mean, Butch supposedly never killed anybody. Yeah. You know, and uh, in fact, I think he was kind of a gentleman uh, robber. And in some respects, the guy that uh, they've written about and, and held in high accolades and everything, Wyatt Earp. Now, there was a guy that had kind of a shady past. <laughs> yeah. But. Again, I think sometimes they were down and out, figured there was easy money. Um, And I think others started out with, I don't know, maybe a pretty bad growing up with uh, with outlaws and I'm trying know. to recall a story you had on the air one day about a guy that had a uh, really tough, strict past as a youngster, and then he went on to a life of crime, and I can't remember the name of that story that you had on the air. Uh, I thought that you had said he rode with the Hole in the Wall gang for a while. You know, I, I'd have to go back through my notes. I can't yeah. remember the name hasn't come to me. But when you talk about public decency and you talk about being raised right with parents that here's right, here's wrong, don't get caught in the middle, etc. Was there that kind of upbringing or did these people just come from shattered homes? What's the deal? I, you know what? Butch Cassidy was raised in a good yeah, Christian he home. He was, yeah. I mean, he was taught the good things. There was, what, 13 of them. But him and his next—well, that's part of the problem, right there. <laughs> too many kids. <laughs> but him and his next brother were the two that became outlaws. The rest of them, yeah. And it was the youngest sister, uh, Lulu, that her. Grand- well, there's a problem. You don't name somebody <laughs> Lulu and expect them to be good. Yeah, I think it was Lulu. Anyway, uh-huh. it was her her great nephew or her great grandson that wrote the book about Butch Cassidy. That's right. I remember you telling yeah. me that. You know what I'd like you to do? I, I noticed this the other night I was watching a movie, The Sackets. Remember that with yeah. Tom Selleck and Sam Elliott and them? And it kind of hit me in the Old West, what kind of accommodations, and i got to say this quickly, I've only got a minute left, what kind of accommodations did these frontier towns offer as far as uh, hotels, rooms, food, that type of thing. Was it pretty archaic, or was some of it pretty nice? It went the whole gamut. I mean, it went from severe to where if you had a plank of wood to lay on for the night, that was as good as it got. You were lucky. Yeah, uh, up to very, very... 
posh, nice, yeah. you know, uh, hotels, really okay. nice ones. Do, do a little story on that sometime, okay. would you? you bet. Dr. History, absolutely the best. And, of course, we look forward to him being here on Tuesdays at 10.06. Now, be careful driving home. I will. Okay, it's cold, thank you. but it's not slick. Oh, you big wuss. Okay, thank you. <laughs> God bless you, man. Thanks.